Good evening and welcome to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here along with the silent assassin, Matt Costa, science advisor, Matt Moniz. I believe that psychic medium Stephanie Burke will be joining us in just a bit. And we are here to talk with you about the paranormal as we are each and every Saturday night. It's it's a nice night tonight. It's not as cold as it's been. It's uh, I, I was running around without a jacket on, which was probably insane because I haven't gotten rid of this cough. But I still... Um, I was I was at wrestling, so I didn't want to you know have to like grab all my stuff at the end because we always cut it so close. Tonight got got over just in time, and I didn't get beat up. Hey, which is a, a bonus. Now, who won? Um, somebody won each match. So, okay, I don't know if you would know anybody. The uh, probably not the guy that I've been fighting over the last couple of years. He uh, he won by cheating as always. So, he and I had some words after the show, after the after the match was over. But we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens uh, next month in Orleans. Anybody that's listening on Cape Cod, we're going into the heart of Foster Country. Even though uh, the thunder from down under Michael Foster is from Australia, it's by way of Orleans, Massachusetts. So, if you're listening to us on the Cape, I need you to come out April 9th and back me up because I've I've had enough of this guy. And I'm going into, you know, his town, so I'm sure I'm going to be the bad guy that night. Everybody's going to turn on me, but that's okay. Anytime I can come in here without a concussion, I'm pretty sure I got my bell rung pretty hard last time, so I, you weren't here, Moniz, but I came in, I had, my face was all busted up, you know, I you had tattooed my forehead with some punches, and oh. yeah, I had, uh, they were very concerned about me, they wanted to call an ambulance, but... I said, no, no, I got to get to Spooky South Coast. I can't. So, because I'm a pro. Yeah. I come in and do the show. Dedicated. Even if I have a concussion. But I promise you, I don't have one tonight. That doesn't mean I'll be any smarter or any more on the ball than I normally am or would be with a concussion. See, I'm already yeah. already showing signs. But uh, we have a great show for you lined up tonight. We're going to be talking about the Anunnaki. We're going to be talking about the power of 432 hertz with Michael Lee Hill. And, uh, and Moniz, this is a, a guest that you brought to the table. This is somebody that, uh, that you followed his work for a while. Yeah. Um, as you know, I, I've always... You're going to just need to come a little closer to that one. Yeah, not used to this. You got to kind of... You, you basically have to like form a romantic relationship with that microphone to get it to work. That means uh, having that same relationship with everybody that's had this microphone. I know, well. but otherwise nobody will hear what you're saying. Okay. To be... To, to, I mean, nobody uses that microphone, so that's working in your favor. Oh, okay. Um he is uh, an aficionado of the Anunnaki. Uh, I'll let Michael talk about how he came to uh, came to be. And for those that don't know, check out the work of Zachariah Stitchin. Uh, the Anunnaki were the gods of the ancient Sumerians, one of the first cultures that is uh, came up with writing and uh, systems of laws. Is basically the foundations of civilization and the Anunnaki were from a another planet in our solar system um, called Nibiru or Nubiru or many people pronounce it a number of different ways and um, they basically came here to mine gold to help with their atmosphere and uh, now Michael had been uh you'll 
like I say, I don't really want to speak for him. I'm going to let him speak for right. himself later on. But basically, he came into contact with some of these beings, and they shared information. And some of that information he's uh, taken and done some work with, and it has to deal with frequencies. And uh, what's interesting is these frequencies that he's talking about will... Um, tie in with other parts of physics and things like that that one of the things that they just found out today well not today a couple of days ago about sound and mass and this is an experiment he was doing you know years before some of this actually came to light so well it'll be interesting to first of all we've never really discussed the anunnaki here on the show correct i mean it's kind of come up in passing reference yeah but we've never really done like a deep dive into it so that'll be um the original ancient aliens yeah yeah i mean this is this is going to be something that if you are a fan of of that genre if you are a fan of that theory uh then you definitely want to stay tuned to the show we'll take your calls throughout the show as well whether it uh whether you have a question for michael lee hill or if you have a question for us 508 877-996-1420. Those are the numbers to uh, call in and chime in. You can also jump in the chat room on Spooky TV at SpookySouthCoast.com if you are more comfortable getting into the discussion there. And uh, also you can follow us on Twitter if you go to at SpookySC. We have uh, intern Kylie over there running the, the tweet machine tonight. And uh, she's ready to share some information with you from the show. And also, you know, she'll let us know if anybody has any questions on there or anything. And uh, we'll have Stephanie monitoring the chat room in a a few moments when she comes in. So it'll be a very interactive program for you. But, of course, the phone calls are the best way because then we can interact. 508-996-0500-877-996-1420. And we do have a call on the line. So let's make sure that I turn everything on that I'm supposed to turn on. And we can take that call. Good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast. How are you? Good, good, uh, Tim. Good evening. How are you t- this evening? Good. How are you? We, we haven't heard from you in a while. Well, because um, things are going in a positive direction. Uh, the only thing, they went negative last Sunday. Uh, my attorney attempted to come from Washington, D.C. To make, to make the delivery for Monday, and he got in a car accident. So he went under the knife a couple of days ago. And he's going to be in the hospital for about a week. Oh, no. So I wanted to touch base with you early, where it's uh, 10 o'clock ahead. And um, I don't know if you heard, but um, I uh, I had mentioned, I don't know if it was Chris's show, about a certain house and sandwich that I'm going to be purchasing. Oh, are you, are you going to... Now, let's just take a step back for those who, who aren't familiar with your voice. You have received word that you were receiving a very large sum of money uh, yeah. through Publishers Clearinghouse, correct? Well, actually, what I'm receiving now is um, a legal settlement. And this, uh, I spoke with uh, Jose Matos a while ago, and this legal settlement is going to be completely tax-free because it's a legal settlement. Okay. And um, I, I guess I can give you the figures. Uh, it's going to be... Um, a hundred and eighteen million in checks, five hundred thousand in cash, a brand new Mercedes with a gift card for a year's worth of gas. The Mercedes will be registered uh, and insured for two years. I'm also getting back uh, ten thousand dollars, which the FBI stole from me. 
and um, I think that's I think that's about. Oh no, there's a uh, there's a social security benefit. I'm going to be receiving uh, two thousand five hundred a month, the first of every month for three years. Well, that's a that's a pretty big settlement. Also, wasn't wasn't the car before? Wasn't it like an Impala or something? So you've really you've oh, the, upgraded. Uh, the other the other one I think was two vehicles, but you see, in addition to this, I have other lawsuits, and I also and I have about five or six sweepstakes that I'm going to have my attorney look into to make sure they're legit. So I'm going I'm going to be I'm going to be as rich or richer than the president of the United States. Well, I mean, I guess I want to see both your taxes before I can uh, <laughs> make that assessment. But you were well, saying something about a house in Sandwich. Are you talking about the uh, the Dillingham house? Yes. Um, what I what I to- I think it was on Chris's show. I told him that I would I would like to purchase it and make sure that it's structurally sound. And as soon as it is, I would like you and the Spooky South Coast crew to uh, do some ghost hunting in there. All I want to do is observe. I'd like to be there and observe, and you guys go to town and do what you have, do what you have to do to if you can dig up any ghosts there. Well, I don't think it'll be too hard from what I've heard about the place, but uh, you know, we'll put an EMF detector in your hand too. We'll have you uh, taking part in the investigation because if if you're going to be the one that lives there, you got to get get to know them, you know. Well, well, I won't. I'm not going to be moving in uh, because I'm going to. I have legal matters I have to take care of in a Krishna, so I'm going to be residing in a Krishna. But that's why I said I'm going to make sure that the the house is structurally sound so nobody gets hurt in there. And then you and your crew can go in. If you if you wish me to participate, I will, but I just want to observe cuz I'm uh, I'm very interested in the paranormal. Well, you know there's a there's an in-law apartment in the back, so if you need somebody to live on site, I'll volunteer. Well, well, that's nice because most of the, most of the real estate I'm looking into uh has in-law apartments anyway. So that's I think this is a. I think this was a carriage house at one point, but they've they've kind of redone it to be a an in law apartment. Which you know, when they were running it as a bed and breakfast, I'm sure it was just a another room that people could rent out, or maybe that's where the where the person that was on duty would stay because you have to be on on premises. So you could you could do that if you were interested. You could run it as a bed and breakfast. It's been done before. Well, it's well, it's zoned for. It. Like I said, I'm going to have all kind of investments anyway coming up. So that's. Um that's no big. Uh, I just want to take a step back, though. How the FBI steal a hundred thousand dollars from it? Was it ten thousand dollars? Well, see, when when you, I got involved in this in the beginning, um, see, they give you a choice of a uh, a private delivery or a public delivery. Now, I chose the private delivery, and by doing so, the FBI gets involved because the field agents are supposed to collect. Uh, you're supposed to pay, well, like like this particular settlement, I had to pay come up with uh, 25% before they released it from customs. That is, they, before they released the car and the checks uh, through customs. So I think, like, some of the money might come from out of the country or something. And the FBI gets involved, and they are supposed to take whatever you send them uh, to cover the taxes and, and delivery of a vehicle, if it's in there. Well, the FBI agents were stealing the money I sent, and they kept telling me that they were going to deliver on a certain date. So I would go back to Chris, and I would say, oh, yeah, Chris, it's, it should be this date. But then on that date, they would 
give me some excuse they didn't get the money or something, and they and I had to keep sending money. And uh, there was approximately a network of about 30 FBI agents that were taken from me. Uh, the last agent that I sent to, um, I, I, I'll call this person Agent X, because people are killing over this money. And this person could be subject to, you know, being a murder victim. So I'll just say Agent X. Uh, I had sent Agent X over $4,000, and Agent X went to the Attorney General and said that I, um, I kept sending money and wanted to know if I had received my my prize yet, because originally it was a, a sweepstakes prize at the time. So right away, the Attorney General put Homeland Security on it and her office. And they're also, they're also dealing with uh, uh, Tom Quinn's office, and he's got an investigator working on it, too. It's been like that for, see, they, for about a year and a half, they took money from me. See, this is this is uh, amazing to me because it started off as you just winning Publishers Clearinghouse, and right. and now it's reaching to uh, you know the shadow government, and uh, you know Struck and Page probably had a hand in this now, taking some of that money with the FBI. I well, mean, this well, is see, with the with the FBI um, while they were arrest, rounding up the thirty that were taken from me, they were going all over the country because there were a lot of seniors, senior citizens that were winning Publishers Clearinghouse and. Uh, Reader's Digest, and you know the different magazines that have the, the sweepstakes? Mm-hmm. And they netted something like 250 FBI agents throughout the country that were doing this to people across the country. And, and then everybody wonders why uh, President Trump throws the FBI under the bus, <laughs> because the majority of them were crooked. Well, I, don't know if the, I don't know if the majority of them were. I well, think there's a lot of well, good people. You, you... And, and to give you a good example, now, I was dealing with a, a gentleman who gave his identity, and I was very naive about the whole thing, and I believe the guy, I don't know his true identity, but he gave me his identity as um, a senior FBI man, um, uh, senior FBI agent, uh, Bob Hansen. Now, I went on a computer, and I looked, and I read the beginning of his history. And this Bob Hansen had been in a, uh, a federal pen for tre- um, treason because he sold uh, military, he was like a triple spy. He sold military secrets to the Chinese and the Russians. And it also said that he had uh, kind of dodged different, you know, he had different charges against him acquitted. So I thought he was legit. But as I went on a few months later and read the whole thing about him. This guy had no access to a phone or a computer or anything. Somebody was using his name and badge number hmm. to get to me because they were trying to get the money that I was entitled to. And as far as the um, uh, what happened with me, too, that I can let you and your listeners know, um, I, I, had received, I first had received a letter from Publishers Clearinghouse and inside there was a check for approximately $8,000. And the instructions were to uh, deposit that into my bank account and call them back when I did. Now, this was this is the hoax, which I didn't realize, because I did that, and luckily I didn't have enough money in my bank account, and it came the check came back fraudulent, like in three days. Mm-hmm. And a couple of days after that, I get a call on the phone from the lawyer for Publishers Clearinghouse. 
And he and I told him what happened. He said, oh, we won't notify you by mail. We will call you on the phone, as I'm doing now. And he also informed me that, um, and that was for um, uh, that particular amount was some, for something like $1.3 million and two cars, I think a, a Mercedes and a BMW. Well, he informed me that uh, that letter and check was sent to me from ISIS, who was trying to get into my, they thought I had deposited Wait, the millions already. So now ISIS is involved in this too? Oh, I could write a book, Tim. <laughs> well, if you can, you can afford to self-publish it too. <laughs> I know. But uh, yeah, this, that, and that's what started the whole thing. Hmm. Well, I'll tell you what, we, we have to get going here because our guest is going to be calling in, but I, I think by the time this is all said and done, you know, we're going to find out Roger Stone was involved in this, Michael Cohen's been lying about it, There's, there's well, this, I don't this know goes deep. Maybe, maybe the other FBI agents, but I'll let you go because you always have a good show and I, I love the paranormal. In fact, this situation that's happened to me was told not step by step but by a psychic what about uh, 40 years ago hmm. when I went to a, for a psychic reading, uh, the psychic told me that later on in life I was going to become very wealthy. Well, so I have, I have a great belief in, in the psychic and the paranormal. There you go. Well, so, Tim, Tim you, have a, you always have a great show. Go for it tonight, and uh, if I can stay awake long enough, I'll, I'll listen in. And uh, I hope to see you at uh, the Dillingham place in maybe a month or two. Sounds good to me. All right, you have a good one. Tim. Take care. You too. Bye bye. And uh, yeah, I mean that's 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 going deep. Mm. I mean, there's there's going to be congressional hearings on what's happened to him. Ah, I, I, I wasn't kidding. I, I I really think Roger Stone's probably involved in all this. It's got to be somehow. Uh, from what I heard, it seems like it would be a good. A good um, documentary to follow it. I'd say so. This is this is something I want to see on Netflix. But uh, I'll say I'll say this much too. Um, there's, you know, everybody's kind of in the chat room, like, oh, you know, you're, you're, yeah. you're giving them. You know, hey, here's the way I look at it. I don't know that it's not happening. Yeah, and I want to hedge my bets. It, Better safe than sorry. Yeah, right, I agree. exactly. I, I agree. But it, it, it sounds like, hey, listen, anytime you can go from, from an Impala, which I think was the last time it was an Impala, right? And now he's, now he's getting a Mercedes. So that's, that's a good upgrade. Things are moving in your favor. Not that an Impala is a bad car. No. The but, Impala, have you seen the Impala SS? Uh, no. Nice. Not the, not the newer one. I've seen yeah. the older ones. But. So uh, why don't we get into the meat of our discussion right now? There's a... Suggestion on the chat room from Mr. Apnea that I, I have him be my wrestling manager. He could be like the million dollar <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, there you go. Just come down to the ring and ask people like, what would they be willing to do for a? I've got a crisp new hundred dollar bill if you will lick my shoes. <laughs> Maybe uh, the next Vince. Maybe probably has more money than Vince these days. All right. Well, why don't we get <laughs> Lamone wants to know if he has a sister. He does. So why don't we get right into the discussion uh, tonight with our guest, Michael Lee Hill is an award-winning musician, filmographer, and UFO experiencer. His footage of the Lake Erie UFOs has created a Billy Meyer-like buzz, and Michael seems to have developed an intuitive relationship with these crafts. In his home state of Ohio, Michael has been cataloging video after video of UFOs over Lake Erie. He's been featured on the History Channel, countless radio and TV programs, and special speaker and the Star at Knowledge Conference. The phenomena consists almost entirely of pulsating orbs of light, unusual light seen changing colors, converging and separating over the lake. 
The stories of the unexplained phenomena date back over 150 years to the indigenous, nor- indigenous North American Indian tribes. We're going to find out about all that. We're going to find out about the Anunnaki. We're going to find out about 432 hertz and so much more with our guest, Michael Lee Hill. Good evening, Michael. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. How are you guys doing? We are spooktacular. Thank you for joining us. Spooktacular. I love it. That's a trademark, so you can't steal it. Uh, <laughs> Actually, I wish I, I wish I had been smart enough to uh, to trademark that because, it's like every year, yeah, every year at Halloween, like there's T-shirts that say "Spooktacular," and you know, I wish mm. I had been smart enough to stay ahead of it. But uh, I thought intellectual copyright, you know, intellectual mm. property was enough, but apparently not. So, uh, mm. uh, thank you for joining. I was saying at the beginning of the show, I don't know if you heard us, but I was saying how, you know, the Anunnaki is something that we haven't covered. Ever on this show, it's only only well, been brought up and it's been brought up in passing, but we've never really gone real deep into it. So I'm very excited about that. But first, why don't we just start off with you sharing a little bit about your UFO experience with us? Cool. I uh, I grew up in East Lake, Ohio, which is very close to um, Lake Erie, and I started seeing these orbs of light out over the lake, and they got my attention. So I started to find out any uh, like little beach or anything I could go down to, a park that was there. And this is around 2005. And I just started, you know, I would have my Sony Handycam ready on a tripod. And if a big ball of light went by, I was ready to film it. Well, I started to accumulate quite a library of footage. If you go to uh, YouTube right now... Um, my page, Michael Lee Hill, on my channel. You can see now it's over 5 million views. Um, that brought the History Channel to my door. And um, it went from having a five-minute segment um, to being featured in the entire show. And if anyone is interested in seeing that particular episode, it's called Alien Contact, and it's in Season 1 of the UFO Hunters uh, show. So what had happened was I started to accumulate like just just a huge library of uh, these orbs of light coming up out of the lake, going into the lake. And um, next thing I knew, the History Channel asked me if I would be willing to um, do like a bonus thing. You like do some more on my story. I'm like, yeah, sure. So they sent me to Boston, and what I didn't know was they were getting ready to have a Boston Harvard professor. His name is David Sistrom, and I was there to have my medical and blood work done by him. And that's when in the show it was revealed by this, again, this this guy's at the top of his uh, game, you know. It was revealed I didn't have normal human blood. Mm. And it's pretty crazy, right, you know. And, um, you know, it actually, right when I found this out, the last day of the shoot, you know, in Boston, after they told me I do have this uh, blood anomaly, we can get into that if you want, what it is exactly. But um, they're like, well, your plane's waiting for you. I was like, whoa, wait a minute, man. This this isn't uh, just a TV show anymore to me. What are you talking about? Like, is there something I should be worried about or... And and he looks at me and he goes, "What do you think unknown means?" It's kind of kind of rude about it, you know. I was like, so what he said was he thought that perhaps it was some type of virus that 
is unknown to us at this point, and that it was tricking my brain into releasing these massive amounts of what's called creatine kinase, or CK for short. Um, and just to get into what this is, it's the normal levels of creatine kinase in the human bloodstream is 25 parts per liter of blood. If you've had muscle damage or a heart attack, those levels can go up to around 300. And because what happens is that enzyme brings oxygen into the bloodstream to facilitate healing. Well, what they found if normal levels are 25 parts per liter of blood. They found mine was at 2,100, which wow. was just off, yeah. you know, off the charts, uh, even, you know, for even if you've been damaged. So uh, that was my experience with the History Channel, and this led to that episode aired in March of 2008, and that summer is when I went to a festival in New York, and it was called Serious Rising, and uh, there I was met by beings. This is in the flesh, by the way. This isn't me channeling or nothing against channeling, but, I mean, this is, they were right in front of me, and they said, we've been known in your past as the Anunnaki, and um, they told me, at this point it made no sense to me, but they said you were once known as Ia Inki, the water bearer. And believe me, there was no ancient aliens or anything on TV. I didn't even know what an Anunnaki was. So um, they, uh, I spent actually two days with them in the flesh, and uh, that started my education process. You know, And what they told me was, we heard that you've been filming us over Lake Erie, and we heard that you just released this blood anomaly on the History Channel, and that this blood anomaly is truly an indicator that you're of our hybrid bloodline on this planet, known as the Nephilim. So we'll we'll definitely get into to all of that uh, over the course of the night. But this this high level mm-hmm. of CK in your blood, so mm-hmm. if that helps with uh, you know overcoming illness and and damage and and what uh, overcoming damage and and things that are done. So does this give you some sort of a, a healing ability? Uh, yeah. Um, after this, what was really strange about all of this is during that episode, the host, Bill Burns, um, he said, I think that you guys are being groomed by a secret faction of, you know, the behind-the-scenes group and giving you a course of study to prepare you to be able to process you meeting these your parental race and sure enough that came to pass as well in 2008 and I was brought into um, the remote viewers group of the NSA because they know they knew I had contacts we can get into all this in more detail but the reason I'm telling you is they said they had about 200 members of their group um, and 12 of those members had my same bloodline, and my numbers of 2,100, they told me, would put me about right in the middle of those 12, with the highest being 12,000. And they said that that individual got hit by a particle beam weapon and kind of got up and shrugged it off, and, you know, Im- implicating that most people wouldn't have got up from it. He could almost heal instantaneously. Um, 
I can't heal instantaneously, but I, uh, you know, this is chi or prana that's available at a cellular level because the, what I did find out from them is the more oxygen in the bloodstream um, equates to how much oxygen is available. And oxygen equates to how much electrical capacitance you're holding at a cellular level. So, um, you know, you could use it in many ways. Uh, or you could not use it. it could, some people might have it and it just lies dormant because they've never learned how to use it. It kind of reminds me of Star Wars. You right. Know? Well, yeah, like the, yeah. But before you found out that you have this, I mean, were you different growing up? Did you feel like you were different? Were there circumstances where things might have happened to other kids that didn't happen to you? Or, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've had contact my whole life, but music has been. It just came very naturally and easy to me, and that's what's led me to some of these historical breakthroughs that's happened recently. But to the point, like, uh, and I hate, like, this is weird talking about myself, you know, but I ended up <laughs> right. winning the Steve Vai Ibanez Guitar Challenge, and Steve Vai was just a huge hero of mine um, growing up. So I'm that level of musician that uh, I put out three independent uh, guitar CDs that are kind of in the vein of Joe Satriani or Steve Vai or Eddie Van Halen, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I've, I think it's always been there, but um, being taken in by the remote viewers and this individual, his name was A.R. Borden, and um, he kind of took me under his wing and he really taught me how to... Uh, harness and hone these techniques, you know, to uh, to be able to send my consciousness elsewhere. If that makes any sense? No, it does. So it, it sounds like this was something that you know was was building inside you all these years, and that really what happened was you just had this kind of confirmed to you more than having it be a revelation. Like deep down inside, you knew that what they were saying was, was not a surprise to you when you, when you went and had, you know, they discovered this blood anomaly and all of this stuff. You, you probably had an inkling throughout your life that something was different about you. Yeah, you know, yes, but as far as just having different blood, that kind of never right. occurred to me. I was just like, and you'd what never the hell had, was that about? That had never shown up in any previous blood work or anything you'd had done, or did you just never no, need it? No, actually, maybe it's a weird thing that I do almost have a phobia of giving blood like i don't like needles whatsoever and um all my life growing up i i never gave blood because the thought of a needle is just horrifying to me and uh so it kind of it just never came up i've learned a lot about it though um it's called haplogroup x2a and this brand-new DNA haplogroup was just found in the late 1990s. It's not that long ago. And um, right now, the only place that exists on this planet is within 3% of the Native American Indians, mostly the Iroquois and the Cherokee and the Sioux. Um, they said that the most numbers are in the Iroquois tribe. I'm Seneca and Erie of the Iroquois. But uh, the Sioux... Have, which is the Lakota, Dakota, and Nakota tribes, have retained their star knowledge that has been passed down from generation after generation. They've retained that knowledge more so than any other race. Mm -hmm. But uh, what's interesting with this is when you go back in time, 
you know, you can see the the only other place back in time that this haplogroup X2A was found was the giant remains that were moved out of these earth mounds all across North America. And uh, it's really interesting because this is what Graham Hancock's new book is about, by the way. It's called America Before. But then if you go back in time, you'll find out that Obviously, if you keep going back in time and then you find where the largest numbers of that DNA was, that's home base. You know, that's where they came from. It happens to be the hills of Galilee. So what I'm telling you is this is just not my opinion. It's backed up by DNA science, and this is going to be revealed to the future that uh, this is the Lost Tribe of Israel, and it is what they would call the Sangreal, and um, it is the Nephilim. You know, uh, it's weird because I'm not religious in any way, like, but it's all in the Bible, and it all does tr- go back to Sumeria, you know, Sumer, um, pre-Egypt. Um, right. but, so, but the religion isn't isn't necessarily the the facts of it. The religion is what happens as a result of these of this information being presented. So it's the the man-made dogma that we have to follow along because of these truths that we discover or these truths that are passed down. So. You know, just be, yeah. It, it it you don't have to be religious to to believe in what happened. Religion is believing that you know uh, we're supposed to have some sort of a worship built around it. Yeah, I'll tell you, working with the NSA, they have access to you know what's in the Vatican archives, so to speak, and um, they uh, they pretty much know all of this and. Um, it's time for it all to be re- released. But what they told me was, if you look at the Bible, and they told me the Book of Mormon, which is interesting, it's not um, religious books, but more as they said the Book of Mormon was kind of like the most accurate history book that hasn't been messed with by the Vatican. And if you look into the Book of Mormon, it's all about the exodus of this lost tribe of Israel from the hills of Galilee, coming to North America, intertwining with the Native American Indian um, tribes. You find out Edgar Casey knew all of this as well, he, uh, which it's going to come out. It's the Atlanteans is what we're talking about, is the remnants of which is all Anunnaki-based, which we can get into that. We, we, I know this is a lot. <laughs> no, we definitely will. We'll definitely unpack all of this. But So my question would be, though, if this is the universal truth, what has held it back for so long? Um, this gets into a very deep question, but they said very long ago, 27,000 years ago, which was the biblical flood event, which was what's called a pulse shift. And... Um, there were some differences within the Anunnaki themselves of how to handle this. And um, it ended up with them trying an experiment that had never been tried before because, um, boy, this is going to get it real into the deep end, but an experiment was put into place way back then to make humanity experience our own mental energy in an accelerated fashion. Unbiasedly, you know, whatever you put out, you're going to get back multifold. And fear of love, right? You know, whatever you put out, it's going to come back to you, and you're going to go, see, I'm right. You're not right. You're just experiencing your own mental energy reflected back by a loving universe, actually, because all of this, even when you're having your own darkness, 
reflected back to you, um, they understand that human emotion has a, a waveform attached to it, has energy. And energy can't be created or destroyed. It needs to be transmuted. Well, how do you transmute a negative thought form? No one's really asked the question. What I can tell you is you live it. It comes up in your own personal reality, and hopefully you'll change it, and you'll choose the higher road and not choose the fear path. Because the truth is it won't keep recircling unless you've not transmuted it. So, you, you know, in that case, the same lesson keeps recirculating over and over. You keep saying, why does this same crap keep happening to me? Um, well, it's because those energies haven't been um, transmuted. But with this, they broke into, I guess you would call light and dark. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the council that oversees this experiment has been known as a lot of things, the 12 disciples, you know, the 12 members of the round table. Recently, um, they're called the Cortium. And this is a council of light and dark, and pretty much the dark is going to see if they can get you to bite at a dark carrot and give your energy, your mental I am, away to an illusionary outside source. Because that stuff isn't allowed in higher realms. But the flip side of this is the light. I call them team good cop and team bad cop. Team good cop is going to see how much love and compassion you bring into any suffering that comes your way. It's and they say it's actually a lot easier to get past the dark, and because they're pretty much going to see if you'll do stupid stuff to yourself or others. And uh, you know, pretty much a lot of us get wise and go, you know what? No, I'm not doing that this time. But how much love and compassion do you bring, you know, to any suffering that comes your way? Is the lights testing? But uh, so, why are we living in a reality that this has been? Um, this is our reality, this dark reality we live in, it's because this is what we've turned it into. You know, it's that simple. Um, that uh, no, every we... single time, none of us, including myself and all these other incarnations, we didn't get past the test, so it didn't end yeah, we, we get, very we get, recently. We get bogged down in those those negative energies that you were talking about. We get bogged down in that and and you know basically consider it a self-perpetuating cycle that yes. that because we you know we just like i see it all the time with just people in general people who will say oh man i just i have the worst luck or nothing ever breaks my way or you know fate does not shine brightly on me and so when and you then it doesn't yeah if you think that it's never going to happen i mean i say that yes, being indeed. the biggest you know woe is me that there ever was i'm basically eeyore you know without the tail <laughs> right on brother you know what? I think we all go through that. We all, you know, fear wears many masks. And uh, it's not an easy process to weed those thought forms out of our own belief systems. But, uh, you know, I learned some things, and, you know, you start to learn that we're not observing reality. We're interacting with it. And once you change a thought that was fear-based and there's been a recirculating uh, reality around that that's followed you for years. But when you change your own thought form about that trial and tribulation, and all of a sudden it changes, you know, and it dissipates and goes away. 
that's a truth that comes from within. No books, no religions needed. And once that, once any of us, I think, do that one time, then you start to look at other things. You start to play with it a little bit, like, uh, you know, a lot, big things are just to keep it fun. Like when you're driving down the road, know it's going to be green. The light will be green when you get to it. When you drive to the store, just drive right up to your your parking spot that's in the first row right near the door, and don't even doubt it. You know, it's weird, man. A lot of these things that we're talking about, it is what Yoda said. <laughs> right. I, I'm like, I better not start quoting Yoda, though. <laughs> well, yeah, if you do, then I'll have to try to figure it out because it'll be backward. So. Yes, yes, indeed. <laughs> But so in, in having these communications, uh, and we'll, we'll get into this. We've, we've got about uh, seven minutes left in this hour before we have to take a news break. And then when we come back on the other side, uh, we may have a, a surprise new segment, Matt, we're thinking. And then, uh, and then we'll discuss more with you, Michael, about some, some of these things. But just in your communications with these beings, I mean, how frequently does this happen? Uh, do they just kind of unveil everything to you at once, or have you been in consistent, con- uh, consistent contact with them? No, it's it's unfolded with some of the things they told me specifically. You were once known as Ia Inky, the water bearer. That was in 2008, and the Ia part really had confirmation when I was invited by the um, Chief Golden Light Eagle to one of the most revered Native American Indian spiritual ceremonies that's been going on for 27,000 years. That's called a sun dance. And um, that... Uh, there, the Ia, I found out what it really means, is the Dakota is their most ancient name for um, grandfather. And some, a lot of, we can get into those stories, there's some synchronicity stories of me being recognized as grandfather, which is Ia. But uh, the other things, the water bearer, um, that just was confirmed couple months ago when because of Richard Hoagland I'm sure you guys know who he is but mm-hmm. he was spokesperson for NASA he's the guy that revealed that there was a face on Mars uh, he had me on his radio show and he said Michael I know your story sounds pretty crazy to other people but NASA has been studying how energy works multidimensionally for a very long time he calls it hyperdimensional physics he said NASA knows your numbers are right on the money and so he set up for one of the world's leading biophysicists to look into this technology that I've been gifted by them, and they've guided me into. And the end result was just a staggering to me. Um, it resurrects municipal dead tap water. Um, from California, I got all the results, the photography, everything from them. And uh, it restores it to its divine original blueprint, is so huge for mankind and our own health. Um, so to answer your question, it's been unfolding and it's almost come to a head just within the last couple months. We, we did have a question from the chat room and you had mentioned having different incarnations. And the question mm-hmm. from the chat room was whether or not are you in your final incarnation that you're aware of? Mm, that's a very good question. Yes, I've heard all of us are that this is the end of the age of Pisces. And, you know, when I met the Anunnaki, they said all of their succession of kingship and how they relate to mankind 
was based on the precessional cycle. And I want to say here, too, with Richard Hoagland, he said NASA found out that all of these most cosmic harmonious frequencies that are 432 hertz space are already encoded into the precessional cycle, which is pretty much a 27,000-year cycle that is, you know, the wobble of this planet, and it takes 27,000 years approximately to go through it. And, uh, boy, that really toasted my noodle because it's like, what what came first, you know? <laughs> the chicken or the egg. It's like how I'm starting to find out everything in our reality is based on 432 because it's truly the only frequencies that are harmonics of light, which everything is made of light. So, And uh, we'll definitely get into that uh, coming up in the next hour as well. Uh, and, of course, if anybody has any questions for Michael Lee Hill, you can call us throughout the course of the program, 508-996-0500, 877-996-1420. You can also jump in the chat room at Spooky TV at SpookySouthCoast.com or on our YouTube channel, and you can hit us up on Twitter as well. Um, so now when we're, when, if we're all in our final incarnation, how come some of us then are not nearly as enlightened as we probably should be? Is that Are we just destined to just this is as far as we're going to get? No, you know, up until very recently, like I said, if we're under an experiment by the Anunnaki to make us evolve faster, which, you know, there's a whole big story behind that. But, uh, you know, if if you had an experiment that was going to make us experience our own mental energy in an accelerated way, well, you would want some type of council to oversee... um, human evolution and how we're doing and um all it takes is one person to get past the testing and the whole system collapses and um it the end of the actual age of pisces and the entry into the age of aquarius the prophesied entry into the age of aquarius was 2016 not 2012 and uh, it was december 21st well i was brought before this council in June of 2016. So the end of this calendar was um, only a couple months away. And if they were tricky, by the way. It was not an easy, it was four days of being tested of what's in your heart, you know. And um, finally I made it through, and that's when, uh, you know, the Sundance chief said to me, he said, we're so glad you didn't enter the dark territory because spirit looks at anyone who participates in these flesh and blood sacrifice ceremonies as prostitutes. Hmm. He said it's all about self-inflicted suffering through one's own free will. And that's what they're trying to teach us, that they that dark team bad cop can only come in and do their thing once you surrender to it. So, um, you know, they said the bus arrived late but still on time. Well, that's that's better late than never. (laughs) Well, uh, we'll take a break now. We'll come back with Michael Lee Hill. We'll talk more about the Anunnaki. We'll go far back and we'll talk about some of the early interactions that man had with the Anunnaki and what it all means. Uh, And we'll talk more about 432 hertz as well. And, of course, uh, we'll also be debuting a new, well, I don't want to say a new segment, but... 
an old segment's coming back in a new and exciting way. So you're going to want to stay tuned for that as well. We'll be back with more Spooky South Coast coming up again. If you want to call in, 508-996-0500-877-996-1420. Those are the numbers. Spooky Crew at SpookySouthCoast.com is the email, at SpookySC on Twitter, Spooky underscore South Coast on Instagram. We'll be back with more Spooky South Coast in a bit. Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in Paranormal Talk Entertainment. The Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS App Store. Back hour number two of Spooky South Coast, Tim Weisberg here, along with the silent assassin Matt Costa, science advisor Matt Moniz, and psychic medium Stephanie Burke. She came in a little while ago, but uh, we welcome her officially into the show for this evening. Good evening, Stephanie. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Oh, uh, we're doing well. I didn't I didn't get my bell rung, so that's a good thing. Well, that's perfect. You didn't get hit this time, so you're still in one piece. You know, it's 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 always better if I don't have my face all beat up too. I agree. Coming on to the show, although my face is better off beat up. But mm-hmm. uh, we have a, a new returning segment on the show. Uh, for those of you who have been listening to Spooky South Coast for a long time, you're familiar with The Week and Weird. It's something that we started way back in the beginning of the show. And uh, and we will get back into things uh, with our guest, Michael Lee Hill, in just a little bit. Uh, but we're going to be bringing back The Week and Weird. It's had various incarnations over the years. We used to do it where we would all kind of read a story. That didn't really work out so well. No. Not I d- promise, guys, it's not me that's doing it. And I have to apologize because I, I did it while I was pregnant and falling asleep while sitting here. <laughs> so don't judge me. Not everybody's good at reading on the air. That's it's my fault for not giving people things that are in their wheelhouse. So then we tried bringing in some newsreaders. Mm-hmm. And uh, we brought in people who just had busy schedules and you know couldn't always make it in to, to be able to do the the week and weird so we kind of let it fall by the wayside but we put out a call recently where we said anybody that wants to try to be a week and weird correspondent send us a a, a tryout video and you know because matt always has been talking about having it be like a video thing that people can go to our spooky south coast youtube channel and get from there and get from our website and all that uh but you know also there's there's the audio element that we're going to run on the show as well so we put it out there for people to send in videos and we got some really great submissions we got great audio and video submissions from people, but there was one that was just far and away amazing. I agree. And when we saw it, we said, okay, this is this is the direction that we have to go in. And so uh, it, it just took a little while for the person to get everything that he wanted to get in place to be able to do this. But uh, he sent it to us the other day to check it out. I was blown away. 
I could not believe it when I saw it. I was like, this is this is too professional for Spooky South Coast. I have to say, you and I are probably two of the toughest people to get anything past, and I was impressed. I mean, if Matt Costa likes it, right, then right, you know right. it's good. He's just because, silent about being tough. Yeah, he's he's not going to be like, oh, that was terrible. He's just going to say, nah, let's see if we can get some other submissions or something. But this... I'm sorry, folks. I appreciate everybody that uh, that volunteered and sent in stuff, but um, I think I think we have our winner. I agree. And so what we're going to do is we're going to play the audio now on the show, but we'll upload the video to our Spooky South Coast YouTube channel. You guys, wait till you see the visual. It's awesome. This is this is like this is full production, professional. Again, you know, Matt does a great job over there. And he he basically has turned our radio show into an amazing web streaming show, but this just takes things up to another level. So uh, with that in mind, uh, we will welcome our new Weekend Weird correspondent, Matt Blystein, to Spooky South Coast. He's an old friend of the show. <laughs> uh, we've known Matt for yeah. years. Yeah, Matt. I know. I was we- just thinking about that. I'm like, we're kind of outnumbered by Matt's right now. That's all right. One of us. One of us. Three Matt's against Tim and Steph. We get Kylie, too. Oh, okay, so good. We even. have Kylie, so it, yeah. It's even. I forget that Kylie's back there because she's, she's so you. quiet and so sweet and just... You should doing... have heard the stuff she was saying about you before you came in. Oh, I don't believe you. you oh, she's nasty, man. I don't believe you at all. All right, so why don't she we... She wouldn't be here if she did that. <laughs> <laughs> why don't we go to The Week and Weird with Matt Blystein on Spooky South Coast. In a world where the paranormal is just a breath away, we're spanning the globe to bring you the best in paranormal news. This is The Week in Weird. Hello and welcome to The Week in Weird. Our first story takes us to Cresswell Crags in sunny Worksop, England. Hundreds of witches' marks have been discovered carved into caves on the border between Nottinghamshire and Derbyshire. The marks were previously thought to have been graffiti, but experts say they're actually intended to stop evil spirits. The most common marks found in the caves are double V etchings, thought to refer to Mary, the Virgin of Virgins. But there are also lines, mazes, and boxes, all intended to capture or trap evil. Hundreds of the marks were found in just one of the caves. A particularly large grouping were carved around a four-foot round hole that seems to warn of an entrance to hell. Duncan Wilson, chief executive of Historic England said, and I quote, Truly, we can only speculate on what the people of Crestwell feared might emerge from these caves. The people who made the marks may have thought the big hole was some kind of door to the underworld, or perhaps even a demon prison. And they were certainly most worried about just what was going to come out of it. Tours of the caves containing the witch's marks started for the first time in late February. To me, it clearly sounds like they're dealing with a portal. And when it comes to portals, the only two people that I trust to adequately probe my portal would be John Tenney and that other guy on Ghost Stalkers, my favorite paranormal show. Maybe there'll be another season. Ghost Stalkers International. Has a nice ring to it. And now, it's time for Cryptid Corner. Cryptid Corner, Cryptid Corner, Cryptid Corner. If you're like me, when you think of the one person you'd like to go searching for Bigfoot with, 
You don't think of Josh Gates or Matt Moneymaker or even Lauren Coleman. You think of Jose Canseco. And you're in luck, because according to a recent tweet, the former Major League slugger is now offering to take you on a Bigfoot excursion with his alien buddies. When you call the phone number listed in the tweet, you're told via text message that for a mere $5,000 cash, you can travel with Jose and his alien friend in his custom RV to proven Bigfoot habitats. And while you're camping out in the wild on your search, you just might meet a real Bigfoot. Because according to the text, you never know what's going to happen with Mr. Conseco. How very true. But you better hurry, though. Only five lucky people will get to go on the trip, and it's selling out fast. And that, sadly, is Cryptid Corner for this week. That sucked. I know. Cryptid Corner. Cryptid Corner. Cryptid Corner. Our last story is really weird. How weird is it? It's so weird that Florida's vice grip on weirdness in America may be given a run for its money. The Delaware State Police are on the lookout for a man who approaches unsuspecting people at Wilmington area gas stations and politely asks them for gas money in exchange for meat. So far, no harm has come from any of the meat man's suspicious behavior or of request. When Jeffrey Brannock was approached by the meat man, he said that he agreed to put 20 bucks worth of gas into the man's car, and once he did, he walked away with some meat. He said, I really didn't need the meat, especially from a stranger at a gas station, but he popped open a cooler and gave me a couple pork chops and some steak and then some sausage. Brannock said that the meat man just looked like an average guy, and he saw no reason not to help him out. But another of the meat man's bartering partners isn't so sure. William Nice said that during his encounter, there was a sense that it might just be better to take the meat deal than to refuse. And so, he took the deal. There have been reports on social media about several encounters with the meat man, and while the state police say they've identified him, they did not say whether or not they believe he's dangerous. They're asking anyone with information to call 302-633-5000. And that's it for this week's installment of The Week in Weird. I'm your host, Matt Bleistein, and I'll see you next time. Well, I have to say, that was fantastic. He did a great job. It was awesome. Great job, Matt. And uh, so we look forward to seeing more of The Week in Weird and bringing it back to you each week. And, uh, and of course, we'll, we will have that uh, video uploaded separately, too, because, you know, we want people to share it around. So yeah. just take that video, put it out on social media, and let people know that, uh, you know, you get all your weird news from Matt Bleistein and The Week in Weird on Spooky South Coast. So, again, uh, that was – oh, and jeez. You are – I thought we weren't going to be able to run the video and <laughs> – the genius gets it up there. Yep. He had it up. He's I'm, amazing. I'm telling you. We are... We couldn't do the show job. without him. Good job, Matt. We are so fortunate. Like, when you look at other paranormal shows, you know, and you say, how come they can't do what Spooky South Coast does? It's because they don't have they a don't silent have assassin. They don't have a silent assassin. Nope. I, and I, I suggested to people, too. I was like, well, did you ever try doing this? Well, and then I forget. No, you can't do it because you don't have a silent assassin. All right, well, let's get back into the discussion with our guest, Michael Lee Hill, tonight as we are discussing the Anunnaki with Michael. And, uh, and Michael, thanks for hanging on during that. Uh, uh, that was cool. Yeah, I mean, really, it's, uh, it's a nice segment to, to have, and it's, it's good to be able to give people weird news, stuff that's kind of breaking and, and happening 
you know, in this time and, and of this era. But we're talking with you with the Anunnaki about something that goes back all the way pretty much to the beginning of man, right? Uh, yes, indeed. Um, but it's coming to a culmination right now. Um, and we can get into that with, you know, the Pentagon secret UFO program that was just released to the world that, I mean, it's a reality. And the $22 million that was funded to Robert Bigelow, who recently went on to 60 Minutes and spilled the beans, um, they contacted me in 2011 and said, we know that you're in contact with the real thing because we've been studying it at the Skinwalker Ranch in Utah. That's a very, you know, you guys being a paranormal show, and have you ever heard about the Skinwalker Ranch? No, sure, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, well, Robert Bigelow is the one that bought that, and... Um, so investigator Gary Hernandez contacted me and said, uh, we know that you're in contact with the real thing because we've been studying it, and pretty much pointed me towards the U.K. Ministry of Defense um, declassified a bunch of documents. And so what you need to understand with what intelligence is behind the Anunnaki, it's multidimensional, which... You know, I think a lot of people have a problem with, well, what's it like to meet a multidimensional being? Well, what you find out is they were called skinwalkers at the Skinwalker Ranch in Utah because of the Native American Indians would see these orbs of light come down, and they would take on biological life form, whether it was a giant wolf or a giant deer. And uh, so they would take on skin. So the Native American Indians called them skinwalkers. But in the U.K. Ministry of Defense, um, all this info I'm talking about is available on my website, by the way. It's michaelleehill.net. But over there, they said that the real deal are these orbs of light that can come together in some way that we don't understand. Three of the orbs of light can come together and create one giant triangular craft that then thousands of them can use, and, and it, it accounts for these giant triangular crafts like over Phoenix, you know, that have been seen recently. Mm -hmm. But if you really stop and take a step back, these, this isn't my opinion. This is Bigelow Aerospace that was funded by the Pentagon, and I just did some uh, interviews with the new uh, MUFON TV channel on this, because all of this is going to be revealed this year. But... um. Think about what they're saying is the intelligence behind the Anunnaki can become anything in our physical reality, both biological or technological, and anywhere in time. Um, that's a new something to wrap your head around, you know? And I've seen it. It can People ask me, well, how is it interacting with you? It, it can be someone walking up to you, because believe me, if they can take on the form of a deer or a wolf, or a giant triangular craft, if they want to appear as a Mayan elder to you, it's definitely within the ability of what they're capable of. Um, so I just wanted to throw that out there. Well, I, I like what you're saying about these, <clears throat> excuse me, these orbs of light coming together to form these craft, but how does it describe people that have seen the craft and, and have seen... Uh, immense detail in them, or people who have actually been taking aboard the craft? Um, because when it becomes a triangular craft, it is truly a giant triangular craft. Okay. And it is physical. You can go for a ride in it, you know. Um, but it's actually, I've 
I've met some of the elders, and what they said was, um, the balls of light, if it's one person inside of it, it's about a 12-foot ball of light. But if three people come together, and they can create a ball of light that um, is about 50 foot in diameter. So if you get three of those orbs of light, think of this, though, that's 369. It's interesting with Nikola Tesla, you know? Mm -hmm. And you'll find out that, you know, 369 implies a Fibonacci sequence that ends on 432. Isn't that interesting? And and you know what else about 369? What's that? It makes a goose drink wine. (laughs) Sorry. I I haven't made a lame joke in a while, so I was due. (laughs) No, it's all good. (laughs) But that's but I mean to to say that that's how these these come about as 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 physical craft. I mean, it kind of explains a lot of why you know they kind of just seem to to kind of appear in and out. They phase in and out into people's experiences as opposed to being like we'll have a UFO sighting maybe here on the south coast of Massachusetts, but nobody saw it getting here and nobody saw it leaving here. Uh, it wasn't a widespread sighting like it would be. You know, like you would expect to see over a vast amount of area because it's kind of just blinking into existence in one spot. Yes, indeed. Um, yeah, and, you know, some people will see them and they'll look like orbs of light because it's almost like that's what they look like before they've taken on biological or technological, physical reality. And it's truly light based um, technology. Um, it's pretty mind blowing, you know? I mean, it's certainly beyond anything that uh, that we're capable of. So now these these Anunnaki who came here during the early stages of man were they pretty much laying out the blueprint for mankind? Um, well, as it turns out, they did, but it wasn't. It almost was a byproduct of situations that happened um, naturally. One of them was seeing that the poles were going to shift. You know, the crust, and that was 27,000 years ago. Well, you know, the Bible said they caused that. Well, that's not what is in the Sumerian clay tablets. You know, all this is written in stone, by the way. Um, You know, Zechariah Sitchin's work and whatnot. But um, they were here for a very long time mining gold before mankind was ever put here. This gets into uh, time differential, though. I know this gets into some weird topics, but luckily, Matthew McConaughey, you know, the movie Interstellar, mm-hmm. uh, kind of proved that, you know, when you're in a different, and Einstein, too, the twins paradox, says the faster you go through the ether, your perception of time actually changes, and the, the twins paradox with Einstein was, if one twin got in his spaceship and traveled even close to the speed of light for five years, when he returned, his twin that stayed behind on the Earth, about 500 years would have passed on this planet. And um, so what they said, as crazy as that sounds, it's actually been proven by today's science by putting an atomic clock on a jet and having a counterpart that's synced to that atomic clock on the ground. And just for the uh, couple hundred miles an hour that the jet is orbiting faster, when it gets back, there'll be a few milliseconds off from... uh, so it's not, even though it sounds crazy, it's proven. So what I want to throw forth is, well, all the planets are traveling at different speeds through the solar system. 
So if you went through a Stargate right now and ended up on Mars right now and tried to communicate to Earth, you'd be communicating with Earth in the 1950s. So um, the Anunnaki that was coming to this planet to mine the gold became known as the Anunnaki Heroes because it actually turned out to be almost like a death sentence. They looked at it that way because when they returned back to their planet that was traveling at a different speed through the solar system, their loved ones had aged differently, just like, you know, in the Einstein twins paradox. Um, so it almost got to be that there was going to be civil war within their own race. And the mining of gold was very important to them because not only did they powderize it and put it up into the sky to shield the planet from increased solar radiation as it came through our part of the solar system. By the way, Planet X has been revealed to the public in mass media as well. Um, your listeners can go and just type in 2016, January, Planet X found. Um, so uh, uh, the time differential is what almost brought them to civil war, and they used it to protect their planet, but they also put it into what's called monoatomic gold. And what that is is like a powdered gold that um, they snort. That's when I uh, when I met them, I was offered a line of powdered gold. As weird as that sounds. But did but, you snort it? Yes, I did. Didn't feel a thing. But <laughs> later on, I did meet one of them like very closely. So who knows? But I I did, and I there was no. It wasn't like doing a drug. They said what it does is make your DNA fire on all cylinders, and they get very long life because of it. So it was very needed for their um, health and the health of their planet. And it was a do-or-die situation. So uh, one part of the family, uh, this gets into a whole mythology of who the Anunnaki are, but uh, part of the family didn't care for mankind much anyhow so it must be god's will let them perish well my part of the family felt totally different and viewed mankind as family so we went to great lengths to help mankind uh you know first of all it was to help with the mining of the gold and people say it was slave labor and it's like you know it kind of you know, I hate to say it, it is that, right. like, it was the help with the toil and labor of the mining um, operations that were going on here. No way around it, but um, there's a long, drawn-out story with this of who the Homo sapien was before the Anunnaki genetically tweaked us was a Pleiadian queen that the human, this package was a Pleiadian soul carrier, and we all go through different cycles of evolution from simple cell to, you know, barely being self-aware to fully conscious and aware. Um, so just because we were at an early state pre them tinkering with us didn't mean we weren't going to become very enlightened beings in the future. But uh, It just gave that, us a little push. Yeah, it gave us a little accelerator pad. Um 
And that is, <clears throat> it gets into Noah's flood myth, you know, and the saving of the human DNA. But uh, the Pleiadians looked forward with their future site technology and said, well, even if we save this race of yours, in 99 out of 100 outcomes, they don't evolve fast enough to transmute their shadow, their collective shadow. That if you evolve technologically but not spiritually, you'll just self-implode and destroy yourself by aiming your nuclear weapons at each other and destroying this planet, which we are. We're doing a pretty good job of, you know, the water and the air. And um, so they said if 99 out of 100 times mankind is not going to make it, there's not enough time for them to transmute their mental energy. Um, this is the experiment that I spoke of, you know, before. But it also gets into why the Nephilim with this increase of chi was even, uh, because when myself went to the Pleiadian elders, the other side of the family, because what you'll find is this race of beings, the Anunnaki, their king, his name was King Anu, and he started to have a relationship with a Pleiadian queen. Well, that's pretty interesting in itself. Like, why would that be, you know? Well, when you find out that this was her children on this planet, then it comes into focus. But they had one child whose name was Ia, and um, this was the first time that that Pleiadian blood came into the Anunnaki family tree. So it was the Pleiadian side of the family that wanted to help humanity. And to do this, you know, when the, myself went to the elders and said, isn't there anything that can be done? My race is going to let this beautiful upcoming race perish and not lift a finger to help. And they said, well, if they're going to perish anyhow, because it's not time, what could we do? And that's where the whole idea of making mankind experience its own mental energy in an accelerated rate, even if it's dark, you know, hopefully you'll burn through it faster. Mm -hmm. Or it doesn't have to be. You can just choose love. And But it's unbiased. Whatever you choose to put out is what you're going to experience. But, uh, you know, was, a test was put out to the Inky side, which Ia Inky is the same person, but what you need to know, Inky is a title. It's not a name. It's kind of like the Dalai Lama. Okay. You know? Um, so they said, you can't just do that to an upcoming race that's never been tried before to make a whole mass consciousness experience its own mental energy in an accelerated way. So we're not going to allow it unless you will incarnate and become it and go under the veil and memory blocks and not be able to, you know, come at any higher frequency than the typical average human. And, you know, you will represent mankind before that council I was speaking of. That's going to, all of us, you know, at one point in our life are usually at pump death. But, you know, in our waking state, some of us are given the chance to meet them. It's interesting, if you ever heard of the Emerald Tablets of Toth, um, this is spoken of, and these seven lords of light and the seven lords of darkness, the seventh tablet in the uh, Emerald Tablets of Toth is called the Seven Lords. So anyhow, then you get into, well, of course, when the Pleiadian side said, you're going to have to incarnate and try to steer this uh, experiment 
from under the radar, you know, behind enemy lines, so to speak. And um, so as it was said to me that when they tried, uh, the human vessel did not have enough chi ability, like capacitance, to hold the energy state of the Anunnaki. And when they tried to incarnate into a human vessel, they would spontaneously combust, mm. burst into flames, didn't turn real well. So they said, what if we make another offshoot of humanity that has more chi or prana or life force available at a cellular level? That was the creation of the Nephilim bloodline. And that's that's your bloodline? That's my bloodline, yes. And so we're talking about a, a basically a hybrid between the Anunnaki and humans. Yep. And so you see, too, with the Bible, in the Bible it says the Elohim created a hybrid bloodline with uh, the human, and it was the Elohim-human bloodline that became known as the Nephilim. And um, so it all ties together. And this is the bloodline I was telling you with, I just met with Graham Hancock because... Uh, I have the location of the hollow records in North America, and the first location of the mound builders in the North America continent. And um, so I presented him with all my research and data, and um, we've kept in contact. So this is a whole other thing. You know, they've given me a lot of information to share with humanity. One is hidden history being pre-America and what happened there. And then some of the misconceptions about Anunnaki in the past. But then, you know, they've been communicating uh, brand-new life physics through crop circles recently that's going to lead mankind into the future. So it's backwards, forwards, you know, interesting stuff. Well, and, and before we, because we've only got about 20 minutes left in the show, before we uh, let time slip away too much, let's talk about 432 hertz. And you had alluded mm-hmm. to that a little bit uh, earlier in the first hour. Um, just kind of give us a breakdown of, of, of what that means and, and what, we're just, what we're talking about when we say that. Well, boy, it's a deep subject, but first of all, I can tell you the Anunnaki has been drip-feeding us this information for a very long time. Like... Uh, as you spoke of before, our whole system of culture, being timekeeping, being mathematics, it was all given to mankind um, back in Sumer, you know, and, uh, you know, a lot of researchers have stumbled upon this, but what I can tell you is, look at how many seconds is in 12 hours. It's 43,200. Then you start to find out that the actual pyramid when you multiply the height by 43,200, um, you get the actual uh, circumference of the planet Earth. When you take the base of the pyramid and multiply it by 43,200, you get the diameter, um, uh, you know, sideways around the planet. Um, then you find out, well, the pyramid's not really four-sided. It's actually eight-sided, as they found out. Those eight sides, there's a hidden angle that only reveals itself two times a year, and that's on the solstice, uh, spring and fall uh, solstices. And um, how the light lines up, you can see that there's eight sides then. So what you find out is 
the actual angle of the pyramid that people know about is usually 51.86. But they guided me into understanding uh, a very important subject related to 432. But um, it's Dividing a circle by seven, you get 51.428. And I'll just tell you, when I, Graham Hancock had the angle of the pyramid at 51.86, and this voice in my head said, Michael, subtract the hidden angle of 51.428. And sure enough, it's 432. You get your calculator out. Um, and you find out that the actual mound sites, like Newark Earthworks, um, the Serpent Mound in Ohio. Um, all these mound sites are encoding 432-based um, octaves into the actual blueprints and layouts of these mound sites. Um, we get, that's a little too much to get into right now, but just trust me, it is. Um, so what you find out is E equals MC squared. Everyone in our whole physics is based on that. <clears throat> But also, quantum physicists now tell us that everything is both particle and wave simultaneously. So, E equals MC squared, M equals mass, right? It's particle. Mm -hmm. It's only half the equation. Where is the frequency component? What you find out, 432 squared becomes C within 1% accuracy. So, run the equation backwards. 432 base frequencies squared becomes C, the speed of light, squared times mass equals energy. And um, it's leading mankind into unlimited free energy. And that's what the NASA scientists, uh, you know, what they did was take one of, what I did was I hired scientists to image my guitar through a brand new science called cymatics, which is really making the invisible visible. It, for the first time, you can, they run frequency through a big, container of water that's in a big tripod and then there's a high-tech camera that can record um you know what's happening on the water and uh it's man this is all just so much but the results of that are historic in itself and they asked me if they've never seen this kind of complexity or dimensionality in anything that they've ever imaged. But they said, we never imaged an electric rock guitar amp. Isn't that funny? <laughs> rock magic. <laughs> but, uh, so I had this image. I started encasing it due to their guidance, because they're the ones that guided me into this 432 base frequency anyhow. And, uh, sure enough, if you just take an image of the frequency imaged by Mother Nature, and encase it in quartz crystal glass and put a wrap of copper around it, then use it as a coaster. They took um, municipal tap water from Emeryville, California, and they put it under, it's kind of like carrying photography, if anyone's um, familiar with that. Um, but it's actually even more updated to actually, they can look at how much prana or life forces within a droplet like one molecule of water. And um, the truth is that the tap water was almost dead. When you see that, you know, image from the NASA biophysicist, it's like this little tiny speck. And um, then after 15 minutes 
of being on that disc. <clears throat> it looks like a little miniature sun. It's probably, mm-hmm. I don't know, about 150 times bigger. I sent you that picture, by the way. I don't know if you want to put that up, but it's really interesting because when I met with and was brought into the NSA, let me read something that he said because I just finally realized what he was talking about. Okay. It says, Michael, this is an interesting exercise for us because we distinctly get it that it has to do with what your friends who are not from here want you to learn and evolve into. You see, right now, they see and sense your good heart and open, connected intention and life-giving ways. You also have music in you, but not in the sense of just playing the guitar or composing songs. You see, to create matter, you need music, or more specifically, sounds. Remember you were just saying where sound has, they just realize there's mass? Mm-hmm. Uh, so not just any one sound, but specific sound frequencies in combination. You'll also learn about this in your concentration with us, and you'll learn to use them to light encode objects out of thin air. They call this light encoded reality matrix, by the way. Um, in act, you learn to do and produce will speak a billion words. This will definitely get attention, and it's irreconcilable. Ir- wait a minute incontrovertible you cannot argue with it and the kind of music you may come to know and write and produce will be nothing like what exists today because you'll most likely learn to use the true pythagorean scale from which creation itself comes the pythagorean scale by the way is a equals 432 hertz um think also of the value of getting to know your flying friends by Pressing the flesh, as it were. Don't discount it. And this guy was the head of the secret Lockheed Martin Stunk Works reverse engineering division. Pretty much he was like the Nikolai Tesla of reverse engineering programs. They call them technology transfer programs. And and so with this 432 hertz, we're talking about basically the, the frequency of the universe. We're talking about everything yes. kind of being on this. And, and how... What does that mean for us? How how would how would we be able to harness that? What would we, what would we get as a benefit of being able to do so? Well, at at the right now, what I can tell you is this frequency, just the image of it, resurrects dead water. What this means for human health is off the charts. When you see like they've taken blood cells out of someone's finger that was drinking tap water, and all the blood cells are coagulated and stagnant and there's no movement they're stuck together and then they had him drink one dixie cup of structured living water because if you get water from a, a, a like a hmm, man what word am i looking for like from the tap like a, yeah like a well or mm-hmm. a, a spring you know that okay. You know, that's an interesting thing. Like, why have we let our water die? Because it's what we're doing to it by putting fluoride, by putting it, running it through long pipes. Mm-hmm. And by the time we drink it, there's no more energy. And truly, they found people that are drinking living water on this planet that are indigenous, and they're living to be 100, 120 years old all day long. It's like we're dying because we're drinking dead water and our bodies are not getting the energy that it needs on a cellular level. So they had this dude drink a 
just a Dixie cup full of living water. And he drank it, and then they took another blood sample, showed it under the microscope. Now there's a little cushion of energy around each blood cell, and it's like a, a little, uh, you know, uh, force field, you know? And now there's all kinds of movement. It said this is what causes heart disease. This is what causes diabetes, is blood cells become stuck together. So right now, I can. what I've begun doing is... If you go to my website, it's michaelleehill.net. Um, there's different delivery methods. The cheapest is a coaster. I went through a lot of different uh, coaster manufacturers until I finally found one that's really cool and good, and it's going to last forever. And, you know, for $30, you can get yourself a coaster, and every night just put a glass of water on it. Let it sit overnight and... In the morning, drink it. It's going to do more for your health than any doctor could possibly do. Mm. It's mind-blowing. Um, but here's the thing. This is truly, the guy from the NSA, this thing that they call light-encoded reality matrix or LERM, he said that's a mouthful. He said, truly, this is something from nothing, something from no thing. That's what we're talking about. This is unlimited free energy. If there was no energy in the water droplet before you put it on a disc, which is passive, there's no batteries, there's no wires going to it. And then when it's done being on there, and this is proven by NASA now, now it's full of energy. Well, can that that energy be tapped? Obviously, there is some type of communication happening between the disc itself and the water. Maybe this is a new kind of 5G you know, cosmic 5G. Um, we're just in the infancy of unlocking this, but this is just what's been revealed about the image of the frequency. What happens, you know, Tibetan singing bowls are tuned to 432. So they knew, you know. What happens when you start incorporating these um, frequencies in our lives? Like, think of this. There is a grassroots movement now happening to for musicians to retune because right now our musical standard is A equals 440 hertz. And using the same scientific cymatic equipment, there's no geometry formed. It looks like a puddle. But you just back it off eight cents. It's not much to the human ear, but to the universe it seems to be everything because everything comes into focus. And so if you were listening to a band that was tuned properly at your local bar, everyone in that bar, all the water, because we're all water, you know what I'm saying? It would be restructuring all the water in our bodies. Um, It's pretty mind-blowing where this is going to head into the future. I mean, it seems like, uh, you know, we're getting toward a big seismic change and that this information is is coming to us now because we are lining this up and, and preparing ourselves for it. Yes. And I think it's, you know, everyone wants to be involved with uh, a transition into a new golden age. But what do we do? You know, uh, now you can see, too, why when I met the Anunnaki back in 2008, they said you were once known as the water bearer. Well, that made no sense to me whatsoever. It's mm-hmm. kind of like someone coming up and going, hey, you know you're the Easter Bunny. Like, well, what the hell does that mean, you know? 
But now I can look someone in the eye and go, I am the water bearer. Here it is. You know what I mean? It, it's, yeah, it, it's, it makes sense what now. It is. But what we found out is, you know, because of all of this, I've put myself on a crash course of learning about water. And, boy, I never knew water was alive and has memory. This is very important because what they found out that, say you restructure or you resurrect a glass of dead tap water, and now the next day it's absolutely full of life. If you just take one drop of that water and put it into another glass of water that's never been introduced to the 432 frequency, it'll restructure that whole glass of water as well. So imagine when all of us start taking a glass of water and going to your local waterways, whether it's a creek or a stream or a river or a pond or a lake or an ocean, and you take your bottle of water and you pour it into the local waterways, it's going to start to restructure all the water on this planet. That water is going to evaporate. It's going to become clouds. And then it's going to rain. It's going to rain divine. This is fountain of youth water, by the way. Um, I was led by the Native American Indians to the actual spring here in Florida. It's where I moved a year ago. And they told me that I was here to do this work. And they told me where the actual fountain of youth is. It's not where people think it is, by the way. Um, and that I was to do specific water blessing ceremonies that would bring forth the attributes of the fountain of youth out into the world. Well, that was like a year and a half ago that they told me this. Of course, I've done that. I started to do it. But, you know, it's a weird thing with talking about how thoughts create reality and whatnot. You know, I can't say that during the month and a half I knew NASA biophysicists were looking into this. Man, that voice in my head was still like, don't get too excited. You know, don't count your chickens before they hatch. Whereas this other, you know, it's almost like the... Alice in Wonderland going, well, I've already experienced 10 miracles before noon. This 11th one doesn't scare me too bad, you know? It's like you start to just have faith that this is a coincidence that this is happening. And sure enough, I can tell you the, the biophysicists found something to do with this technology because there's a million ways of restructuring water. You can put it through high magnetic fields. You can spin it, you can vortex it, but they said this is doing something that they've never seen before, and that was, it's actually focusing the light in the water molecule, and it, they uh, created a new term called sasering, which is sound laser, said so not only did more illumination and life force come back into the water, but the light is more focused, they said any other water restructuring technology they've ever tested, the pattern gets more diffuse and gets bigger along with the brightness. This for the first time they seem to get brighter, but it became more focused. Mm. And um, so if you want to look into more of any of this, I have all the details actually from the leading biophysicist, um, michaelleehill.net. And please, you know, I'm going to start a grassroots movement of Let's all become water bearers, you know. Um, right. And and you you had mentioned the, the discs, and you do have them available at Michael Hill Michael Lee if people want to be able to pick some up for themselves too. Yeah, they're beautiful pieces of art, by the way. You know, it's funny because before I even knew any of this, you know, I, I've been speaking at 
conferences and whatnot. So I would bring them and uh, tell people, well, it's either a really cool paperweight or it's a really interesting energy device. It's like it works on so many different levels. They're beautiful pieces of uh, art. And so if anybody wants to check those out again, michaelleehill.net is the website. And yeah. And, of course, uh, if you want to reach out to Michael, you can find contact information there as well. I want to thank you, Michael, for joining us. We, we, we're out of time, but we could have kept going talking about this for, for hours. Hopefully you'll come back again sometime and we can delve into it a little bit deeper. Oh, right on. It's been fun. And thank you for having me and giving me uh, a platform to share. I really appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Have a great night. You too. Bye-bye. And, uh, again, that is Michael Lee Hill, and uh, michaelleehill.net is his website. I have to say, I mean, anybody that knows me, you know, just mentioning the water for a moment, anybody that knows me knows that I, I swear by the natural spring and, and sandwich. Yep. Right down the street from the Dillingham house. And I always say, like, there's no better water on earth than that water. Like, I will, every time I'm in there, I have to, in that area, I have to, like, stop and any empty bottles in my car. I fill up and bring that water back. I mean, it, it makes a big difference. So, I've been drinking it there since I was three years old. But, of course, me saying that now means that people are going to be in line in front of me when I come with my big five-gallon jugs. Yep. So. Well, that does it for this week's show, actually. We're just about out of time. We'll be back next week. I'm working on a few things. Uh, there's, I'm trying to get – I don't want to make any promises, but uh, there's the new Twilight Zone coming out. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm trying to get Mark Zacree to come on the show. We've been trying for years to get him to come on. And so I reached out to him. Hopefully uh, he'll be able to join us and, and kind of preview that a little bit. And we'll talk some classic Twilight Zone as well. But uh, if not, we'll certainly be discussing something paranormal related with you next Saturday night. Remember, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, wherever you get podcasts. You can subscribe to us on YouTube. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter and like us on Facebook. It's all right there on our website. It's SpookySouthCoast.com for you to be able to do so. If you want to get in touch with us at any point during the week, it's SpookyCrew at SpookySouthCoast.com. Again, SpookyCrew at SpookySouthCoast.com. That's the easiest way to email us because then we all get it. Ghost everybody. And then, you know, if you have a question for one person or another, we can make sure that that person, you know, responds to their emails. And uh, until next week, for Matt, for Matt, for Stephanie, for Kylie, I'm Tim. Stay spooktacular.